So one of the saddest parts about the culture that we're in right now is that you don't know if you can trust the people you trust. I mean, I'm going back to um, a topic we talked about a lot this summer, and that's the Justice Department, FBI, DOJ, doing things that we as conservatives look at and say, hey, hey, you can't do that. Like, you can't spy on parents for going to school board meetings. All they're doing is caring about their kids and their kids' education. Like that, you can't do that. Well, and they go, well, sure we can. The uh, Department of Homeland Security, allowed, the Patriot Act allows us to do that. And you're like, wait a minute, the Patriot Act was right after 9-11 because we didn't want foreign enemies coming into our country and we wanted to be able to check people's communication and surveil their cell phone conversations and stuff like that. Like, that's what the Patriot Act was for, and that is what the Patriot Act was for. But a lot of times you enact legislation to do something good, and then bad people find a loophole in that legislation, and it ends up being something bad. And I preface, um, I, I bring that up to preface my conversation about telling you I don't really know where I should stand on this proposal backed by Secretary of State Frank LaRose to make it so that if you want to amend the Ohio Constitution, you have to get 60% of the vote to pass a constitutional amendment instead of 50%. The fear in the 50% thing is you could have somebody come in, an outside entity, spend a bunch of money, sway people with a slick advertising campaign, and you'd get something passed and, and put into the Constitution because of effective marketing and kind of sleight-of-hand presentation of the facts around the issue. To raise the standard to 60% makes it harder, right? you got to get 60% of the legislature to agree to put it on the ballot, and then you got to get 60% of the voters to agree to it for it to pass. Well, what gets 60% of the vote anymore besides Ron DeSantis? Not much. I guess Mike DeWine, I put DeWine in there too. Not much. So it would make it harder to amend the Ohio Constitution. And I say, well, yeah, I kind of like our Constitution. I think it does a pretty good job. I kind of want to keep it the way it is. But I know there's probably like a scenario where it could be bad. So this proposal is strictly if you want to put an amendment yes. to the Ohio Constitution on the ballot? The amend- the measure, if passed and approved by voters, would require 60% of voters to enact proposed constitutional amendments instead of the simple majority of 50%. Now, I I read that sentence and I go, yeah, I'm on board with that. Do it. Do it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I always am. But that's a verbal tick. Yeah. If Democrats were in the supermajority in the House and State Senate and the General Assembly, I'd be like, no. If they want it, it's bad. (laughs) If they want it, I'm against it. Yeah. And that's my issue with this because I have friends in a really solid public policy organization that oppose this. And there are other groups that oppose it that I think are good groups. The Democrats oppose it, which I could care less. Because if they don't want it, I do. Why do they oppose it, does it say? Well, they oppose it because 
So LaRose La Rose wants it. Oh, okay. And they and realize they don't have the majorities that they want to sure. get things in like, you know, uh, abortion availability and stuff like that. They're they're just slugging it out to try to get the 45% approval in the state. If they're going to raise the bar to 60%, they're like, well, we'll never get anything done, which I say good to that. Well, the reason I ask you to 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 confirm the definition that this example is for amendments yeah. to the Constitution in Ohio is because I've lived here my whole life, and I know for a fact that I've voted against casino gambling mm-hmm. several times, mm-hmm. and we have casinos now, yeah, sure we do. and I voted against legalizing recreational marijuana, and they're about to put that, yep. or they're proposing to put that on the ballot again. It's like, how many times do we vote on it, and then over time it eventually, or they find a way around our statewide vote, yeah. which irritates me. Yeah, well, the ultimate find your way around a statewide vote was mm-hmm. when the casino, do you remember when the casino was approved by voters, it was approved for the arena district. For the arena district. That's right, that it was. That was on the ballot. That's and absolutely then right. the publisher of the dispatch, John Wolf, okay. did not want it in the oh, arena district. so that's the story. He did okay. not want it there. Sure. And so without anything happening in a ballot initiative statewide, it magically shows up on the west side. Wow. Pockets were greased. And there's one. Favors were called in. There's like one near Cincinnati. There's one near Cleveland. Sure. Yeah. There's more than one in Cleveland. Is there? Yeah. But at any rate, this is why I just, you can't even trust people you trust because the Republicans are in a supermajority in the House and the Senate. And I think, okay, that's great. That's phenomenal. We're going to get House Bill 616 and 454. We're going to get the Protect Women's Sports Act. We better. We're going to get a lot of good stuff that Joe Biden will hate. If he hates it, I love it. Because it'll stand for morality and what I think is the will of the voters in rural Ohio. Not in Columbus. Not where Jennifer Adair of the Columbus School Board says that the resolution passed by the State Board of Education is, oh, it's hateful and terrible and awful. No, it isn't. Here's Bob Cup, the uh, Speaker of the House. He says it's doubtful lawmakers will take up the resolution this week. Frank LaRose wanted him to get it done in the lame duck session so he could get it on the May ballot. But if they wait until the first of the year, it wouldn't show up until May of 2024. Cup said, members have a lot of different opinions about it, and some are still trying to figure it out. At this point, I don't see it moving forward this session. I don't know what they're going to do next session. So honestly, I don't know which way to go, because friends of mine oppose this. But I'm thinking... <clears throat> we're pretty much in a situation now where it feels wrong at times for me to say, well, let's use the power that we have. I wouldn't want Democrats to use the power that they have. They're doing it. Can't stop them. Never will stop them from using power if they have it. So if we have power, well, let's crush them. It doesn't seem like a Christian response. It feels like if we want open dialogue, fair debate. We should extend that to the other side. But then, and again, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here. The things the other side wants are so incredibly evil and so incredibly damaging that I just think, I'll, I'll say this, I'm tempted to suspend my standard But, of course, that's a biblical standard you can't suspend. Treat others how you would like to be treated. It's the peril that we fall into 
as conservatives is that we have a compass, a moral compass that the left clearly does not have. And I don't even know who to believe on this because here's a quote from the Reverend Jack Sullivan, executive director of the Ohio Council of Churches. Okay, I see that title and I'm like, oh, a reverend. Oh, Ohio Council of Churches. That's probably got to, that's got to be a great organization. He's probably going to speak for me. And then I think about pastors like Tim Ahrens and Rich Nathan on the Police Oversight Review Board and the Unitarian Universalist Church that wanted to host the drag show with free admission to kids under two. And I realize I can't be so gullible to believe that just because the guy has reverence, and he might be a peach of a guy. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not. But I realize I can't believe the labels. I can't believe the labels. You have to do the research. you got to find out what do they stand for, what are their positions. And really, it's not that difficult. Like, let's do it live right here on the Air Force. Not going to run out of time. I bet you I can go online in 30 seconds, figure out from their mission statement or something on their website whether they're woke or whether they're not woke. Because I'm going to look for diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what I'm going to look for. Ah, here it is. Ohio Council of Churches, home about our ministry. Under our ministry, anti-racism, anti-racism recommended reading, anti-racism conversation starters, anti-racism recommended viewing, social justice. Beep, 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 beep. My woke meter is going off. Don't fall for the Ohio Council of Churches. So here's a story from Northeast Ohio, Maslin, Ohio. Maslin, what do you think of Maslin? When you think of Maslin, you think of football, right? Of course. The Maslin Tigers, they put the little football in every baby boy's crib. It's probably uh, sexist to limit it to boys now. There might be a transgender girl who's going to grow up to uh, worship at the feet of Obi the Tiger. Uh, Middle school teacher Maslin, Ohio, fired two hours after going into her school administration and telling them that she had a religious objection to participating in the social transition of students in her class by calling them by their preferred pronouns. So if you have a boy and he says his pronouns are she, her, uh, she said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call him by the pronouns that match his biological sex. And they fired her. Two hours. Now, uh, were they inundated with uh, complaints? Was there a poor non-binary or LGBTQ student who was in tears and suicidal? That's what they always say, right? If you don't call them by their preferred pronouns, well, they're they're suicidal. Uh, no, the school had received <laughs> the school had received no complaints from any student, nor had there been any disruption of school services. She was fired within two hours. She went to her administration and said that she could not participate in the policy because of her Christian religious beliefs, and the school evicted her from school property. So Alliance Defending Freedom (laughs) is is, uh, representing her in this case, and I hope she becomes 
wildly wealthy off of this. Alliance Defending Freedom Lawyer says no school official can force a teacher to set her religious beliefs aside in order to keep her job. The school tried to force Vivian, the teacher's name is Vivian Garrity, to recite as true the school's viewpoint on issues that go to the foundation of morality and human identity, like what makes us male or female, by ordering her to personally participate in the social transition of her students. The First Amendment prohibits that abuse of power. This is a struggle. A friend of mine who is a college professor at an Ohio university is on guard for every week. The professor has told me, I hope that I'm never called in on the mat for this, but it's a distinct possibility at the college where I teach. Uh, What did the school tell her she needed to do? They told her that she, quote, would be required to put her beliefs aside as a public servant. Ah, that's the caveat they use. You're a public servant. You're in a public school. You have to do what the public wants. They never really talk about the portion of the public that wants it, do they? I noted uh, earlier today how woke the headline was on NBC4 about the State Board of Education resolution. The headline on the NBC4 story was, Ohio Board of Education approves anti-LGBTQ resolution. anti well, you could say uh, pro-LGBTQ. No, here, here it is. Ohio Board of Education approves resolution to protect girls' safety. Wow. That's not wow. the right slam. That sounds like a great thing they did at the Ohio Board of Education. Well, that's what they did. <laughs> that is what they did. But that's not the right slam. Ohio Board Bruce, of Education. come on. Ohio Board of Education takes stand for biological truth. I'd be for that. No, not on NBC4. Um, Get ready for this to be foisted upon you in the medical community. A veteran psychiatrist, okay, you got the picture, psychiatrist, and professor at Tulane University, that's in New Orleans, Tulane University School of Medicine, says that there is, quote, an outbreak of mass irrationality, unquote, at Tulane's medical school and hospital where he works and teaches. The professor's name, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? His last name's Robinson. Oh, Dean Robinson, here it is. Uh, It now appears, this is his quote, it now appears the Tulane School of Medicine has revised its mission to ensure that our faculty and students receive indoctrination that divides us into either oppressors or victims, Robinson wrote. Uh, Let me cue you in. I have a friend, a very good friend, who uh, received his uh, medical degree from Ohio State. I have another friend whose son is now a student in one of the medical colleges at Ohio State. And the DEI stuff is... So prevalent at Ohio State. What is the DEI stuff? Well, the DEI training says that equity should be prioritized over care for patients regardless of background. Hold on. Sorry to make you drive off the road. The DEI training, I'm repeating, says that equity should be prioritized 
over care for patients regardless of background. Do you understand the gravity of that sentence? I'll read it again. The DEI training says that equity should be prioritized over care for patients regardless of background. You go in, you have a broken leg. You're white male. Sitting in the waiting room is a black woman suffering from a sore throat. Do you go first? No. Because equity should be prioritized over care for patients regardless of background. That is what DEI means in the medical community. Dean Robinson says, We were essentially told that providing equity in access and outcome should be our goal in medicine rather than providing the best care to the patient in front of us. This is so idiotic that you can't even wrap your arms around it. You're like, no, that's a bad movie plot. That's not happening. They're talking about getting more black doctors, more Hispanic doctors. No, do you not see that there is never an end point? DEI can never be obtained to a satisfactory level because why? The ball can always be moved two more inches, 10 more yards, five more miles down the road. Always. It can always be moved. You say, well, what if you get to the point where you have 80% minority physicians and you only have 20% white male physicians? And they'll be like, yeah, but for years and years and years, we had 100% white male physicians. I'm just never going to make up for it until we, you know that's where it's going. You absolutely positively know that's where it's going because that's where it has gone. And that's how we get to the point where somebody gets up in a university environment and lectures about the merits of equity being prioritized over care for patients, regardless of background. Equity prioritized over care. Remember when the medical community had a three-word guiding principle? Do no harm. Do no harm. Remember the Hippocratic Oath? Do no harm. Now it is Be Woke! Equity, Uber Alice.